शिला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाए श्री सतभुज गोरंग की जाए श्री हरिनाम प्रभु की जाए फिर महोत्सवी थे श्री श्रीला गोपाल बात गोस्वान महाशाय की जाए श्री चैतन्य धाम की जाए गौर भक्तवृंद की जाए गौर प्रमान हरी सो गुड इवनिंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू प्रणाम मोर देन वेलकम ऑल्सो टू द वंस टूडे कनेक्टेड ऑनलाइन फ्रॉम डिफरेंट Shangi Karuna Ganga Shakti Karuna okay so we are continuing with the series of lectures that we started today in the morning i know that some of you have come just some hours ago so i will share some brief recap of what we saw today in the morning which is part of a bigger series of lectures under the auspices of Rigopat Prabhu he invited to speak about the contributions of the six goswamis to gaudiya vaishnavism which is a big topic very big so and i know that maybe as my guru maharaj used to say some topics may sound too high for some too low for others not all of you maybe are totally introduced to the reality of the six goswamis but even those who are totally introduced can always be further introduced there's no end bottomless ocean so let's keep being introduced whatever we are <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so today in the morning we gave some introduction uh, to the topic of the contribution of the six goswams to gaudiya vaishnavism gaudiya sampradaya uh, and basically the conclusion we reached was that instead of speaking about the goswamis contributing something to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the Goswamis contributed Gaudiya Vaishnavism, <laughs> basically, because you take the Goswamis out and there is no longer Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So they are Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vedanta. They, <coughs> they, are, they themselves are, are the contribution. They contribute things, but they themselves are a descending contribution, because in our perspective the goswamis are to be considered as ragatmikas or nityasiddhas in other words <coughs> personalities who who have make part for the eternal retinue of bhagavan so they just come to this world in the context of lila and and blessing and contributing to the cause <laughs> to the eternal cause from where they are part from time without beginning and coming here to invite us to take part in the divine drama of divine law so also we mentioned i'm making some brief recap if you want you can listen then the talk in further detail but also if we need if we have to speak about the contribution of the goswamis we need to speak about mahaprabhu who is mahaprabhu what's mahaprabhu about because the the, the contribution of the goswamis or what the goswamis are about are totally intimately dependent and connected to who is mahaprabhu hmm? and of course for that we need to say to speak who is krishna and and so on and we share some ideas today in the morning about how krishna for us godias braja krishna in particular is considered swayam bhagavan or hmm, 
when the topmost face of the absolute decide to cast cast away, you say, mm -hmm. his uh, dress of opulence, <laughs> his suit, and just decides to walk carefree and barefoot into the topmost informality of Vrindavan. So that's already a hike conception that we will see the Goswamis gave us, this conception of God beyond God. Because Krishna Vrindavan is, he's still God somewhere else, but in Vrindavan he's something more than God, not something less, interestingly. <laughs> but there is more to the story, because on top of that we have the conception of Sri Chaitanya Dev, which is in one sense higher than Krishna. Of course, he's Krishna himself in his most upgraded version, if you will. <laughs> the most updated side of himself appears <clears throat> as Gauranga, as Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. He describes him in Chaitanya Charitamrita as Paratattva Simma. This is a very important expression. There is like the Swayam Bhagavan of Srimad Bhagavatam in relation to Krishna. Chaitanya Chaitamrita Krishna Daskara will say, Angorang Krishna Swayam Bhagavan. Okay, we agree. Supreme Personality of God is in the words of Srila Prabhupada. But Mahaprabhu is Paratattva Simma, which means the ultimate limit of the Absolute. So, as we say today, Krishna is Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mahaprabhu is Supreme Personality of Krishna. <laughs> so, Regarding what Mahaprabhu came to taste, of course, naturally we will continue with what Mahaprabhu came to give, because one thing is the consequence of the other. The, his giving is the overflowing of his <coughs> relishing. Primaras, Niryas, Korita, Ashrutam, and Raga Marga, Bhaktilauti, Korita, Pracharam. The establishment of Raga Marg, or the path of the passionate love that follows in the wake of the inhabitants of Raj, all this is just a byproduct of personal agenda of God himself tasting something, but as we say today in the morning, his tasting is in such a way that everyone is always included, and everyone is blessed in the equation. It's not that Krishna says, okay, I want to taste Radha Bhav, and that becomes a totally selfish project and nobody else is included there. He cannot but do the opposite, because he's selfless by nature. So even if he says, I want to taste this personally, somehow that will include everyone else. So that's the result of Mahaprabhu's experience. And the Goswami is translating, as we mentioned, what Mahaprabhu is tasting. So it's God himself, in the words of my Guru Maharaj, in full existential crisis, <laughs> wondering who he is, which are his own limits, and how to know himself from a new perspective, from the eyes <clears throat> of love, basically. And how to translate that to the world, basically. That's a big, huge task. So the Goswamis are uh, instrumental in this. Mahaprabhu is the golden volcano of divine love in the words of Srila Siddhar Maharaj. And the Goswamis are making that lava accessible <laughs> in such a way that we may be consumed by that, but at the same time alive and well. So sounds paradoxical, and it is paradoxical if you want to enter into the realm of mysticism better you get accustomed with dealing with <laughs> paradox and all this stuff. So, so in this way for us, the ghost swamis, we make this brief introduction are really uh, the most important, our superheroes, if you will, when you were a child, I, I saw that Brigopet has this, how do you call 
Phantom Man or something. So that's a version, okay, I, uh, we can accept, but <laughs> hopefully you have this type of people, sometimes they are in the, how do you say, the Hall of Justice, how do you call it? The, well, we have the, the great superheroes in the hall, Super Hall of Mercy, and these are the Goswamis. <laughs> and the six Goswamis, the sixth extended arms of Mahaprabhu, another form of Sadbuj, <laughs> reaching us. No, today we, we gave that idea. So for us, the Goswamis are super, super crucial, especially his writings, as we will speak these days. And uh, although for us, Gaudiya, the Srimad Bhagavatam, is the topmost Brahman, Amal Brahman, the ultimate scriptural evidence and revelation, in one sense, the books of the Goswamis are even more important than the Srimad Bhagavatam. Why? Because actually our reading of Srimad Bhagavatam is through the lens of the Goswamis. And so many other lines go to the Bhagavatam and reach so many different conclusions. So the fact that we find certain things in the Bhagavatam is because the Goswamis found them first. <laughs> and they are showing to us, Krishna Barnan to Sai Krishna, this is Mahaprabhu. I will say, of course, do not say that to Balavi or Sankara. Oh, they will say, that's Mahaprabhu, Balavachari. <laughs> so our, our reading of the Bhagavatam is totally filtered. And by this I'm not mean, I do not mean limited but just nuanced, if you will, by the reading of the Goswami, by the tikas, the commentaries of the Goswamis, and by the other books of the Goswamis who are extensions of the Bhagavatam. So <clears throat> that's Gaudiya Sampradaya, basically. The Go Mahaprabhu embraced the Bhagavatam in a certain way, and the Goswamis translated that embrace. That, that's Gaudiya Vedanta. Goswami is translating Mahaprabhu's embrace to the Bhagavad Sorry, I find becoming too poetic. But we have to. It's unavoidable what to do. <laughs> so, <clears throat> in this way, through their books, the Goswami's kind of systematized the ecstasy that Mahaprabhu was about. You, know, you have, I don't know, you go to the Sri Sampradaya and you have the main systema systematizer, that's the word, mm -hmm. of the Sampradaya was Ramanuja. And to the point that the Sampradaya sometimes is called Ramanju, Ramanuja Sampradaya. Similarly, in the Brahma Sampradaya, you have Madhva as main systematizer, and you know it as Madhva Sampradaya. So I would say that in our particular Sampradaya, which is begun by Mahaprabhu in one sense, <laughs> the Goswamis are the ones who are doing this systematizing and, and, and establishing the scriptural canon and the... Uh, the Bhakti Shastras, what we might call the Bhakti Shastras for us. Hmm? So that's a particular view hmm? that we take on the Bhagavatam, on the scripture, and sometimes we call it Gaudiya Darshan. Darshan means to see, or basically to, to see through certain lens that are seeing us, if you will, revelation. So that's Gaudiya Vaishnavism again. Gaudiya Goswamis came to give, what Mahaprabhu came to give. There are other forms of Vaishnavism, but we are interested in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I mean, we are interested in every form of Vaishnavism, but especially attracted to this dispensation called Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So what's the meaning of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, just since we are speaking a little bit about this? Someone may present the argument that Gaudiya, the, word, the term Gaudiya comes from Goda, Goda Mandal. So it's kind of a geographical delimitation of a transcendental idea. So it's like saying, I'm practicing, uh, what is, what's the name of this area? Turku? Something from Turku, what is Turkuan? Turk, 
Turkish not. <laughs> How do you call Turkish Christianity? Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I'm practicing Finnish Christianity or Argentinian Islam. You say, no, it doesn't work like that. I mean, you're. it sounds like an oxymoron because one ideal speaks about universal and God and this, and the other one is... And Godia, Godia means like... It seems like really delimiting because you are going to a very particular village in Bengal. <laughs> and in connection to that, you speak about Vishnu, which means he who is everywhere, <laughs> but he's limited to this village. <laughs> so, how to make this fit? So, actually, our Acharyas have made another connection in the, regarding this idea of Gaudiya. We have to deal with the root, Bengali root, and Rigupad will assist me in this. Gur, the concept of Gur. How to translate Gur in, in, in English? Molasses. 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 <laughs> so Gur, you have, I mean, Bengali is a land of sugar cane and lots of sweetness is there, even on that, pla- that platform. But of course, for us, the sweetness has to do with something else, with that which Mahaprabhu came to taste. The Madhurya that he's all about and that eventually becomes his, his Odaria. His distribution. So this Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Vaishnavism has to do with Gur, Gur-like Vaishnavism, <laughs> molasses-like Vaishnavism, sweet Madhurya-like Vaishnavism. It's a type of Vaishnavism in which Madhur, the element of Madhurya or sweetness is particularly emphasized, extremely emphasized. I will say. We will say that's a really one of the main contributions of the Goswamis is this emphasis on Madhurya. And even Madhurya not only limited to the realm of romantic love, but Madhurya is the very ideal of the whole branch. Mm. Whole branch being the land of Madhurya from from tip to toe, if you will. Mm. And as we spoke today in the morning, or yesterday, I'm no longer in too many classes these days, sorry. Uh, how this Madhurya is not to be equaled to ordinary Madhurya, how Ishvarya is to be totally present to facilitate real, the ultimate experience of Madhurya. Mm-hmm. So, this is what Mahaprabhu is about. Krishna, in, this, in the search of a particular type of Madhurya, which gives rise to a particular overflowing in him, which we call Audarya. Mm-hmm. So, Audarya means the overflowing of Madhurya in Sri Chaitanya Dev. Mm-hmm. And the Goswamis assisting him and assisting us in how we can take advantage of such an overwhelming, again, waterfall. <laughs> so, a real Gaudiya Vaishnava is not so much someone who lives in Gauda. I mean, you can be there, no problem, it's nice, Mathura Bas. <laughs> but who lives for Gauda, who lives for the ideal of sweetness, who lives for such sweetness that is associated with the love of Raj, and again, as my Guru Maharaj will say, if you really understand the love of Raj, naturally you will converge in, into this lotus inside the lotus called Nadia or Navadvi, the ex- natural extension of Raj. Mm-hmm. That's what the Goswamis did in their writings, interestingly. They presented through Parokshabad, if you will, Gorlila. Uh, overtly, they were not speaking about Gorlila too much, a little bit here and there. But Indirectly, it was all about Gorlila, we could say. <laughs> all about Gorlila. Because you get to know Krishna in such a way that he cannot but be Gor. He cannot but become that particular manifestation. 
So this is the idea of Gaudiya. Hmm? And Vaishnavism, mm-hmm. Vaishnavism, of course, generally is associated with the idea of Vishnu. And for us, Gaudias, we are biased to see the name Vishnu first as the name of Krishna, and then as the name of who popularly is known as Vishnu. <laughs> but in one sense, Vaishnavism is especially connected with the Vaishnav. Even. That, that, that's another important contribution of our school and of the Goswamis. Vaishnav above Vishnu, basically. The worship of Vaishnav is about the worship of God Himself, which may sound like a little bit shocking for some. Because we are, our, our teaching is love of God is, Krishna is not the goal of life. Sorry to tell. But the goal of life is love of Krishna. Thank you so much. No? So love of Krishna. We don't want Krishna without love of Krishna. That may be like a who knows what no? uncomfortable moment. No? <laughs> so let's say will say that if Krishna one day appears in front of me, I will tell him wait one minute that I will ask my Guru Maharaj if you are the person he has been speaking about all this time to me, <laughs> like implying. I will only relate to you through my guru, which implies I will only go through you through embodiment of bhakti, through bhakti. So Krishna himself is saying this, and greatest great personality say this: Aradhanam 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 Param So Mahadev says this. <coughs> Of all the types of worship, hmm, the highest type of worship is that of Vishnu. So we may say, okay, then that's what Vaishnavism is about. Mahadev say, no, no, no. I'm, I have not yet complete presented the, the full picture of Vaishnavism. Yeah, worship of Vishnu, but on top of worship of Vishnu, Tadiyanam Samarachanam. To worship Tadiya, to worship Tadiya Seva, to render pleasurable, favorable service to those who are dear to Vishnu. Hmm? It's even higher than worship of Vishnu, hmm? interestingly. Hmm? Mahaprabhu himself said this to, to Advaita Charya. Now, someone who worships me, but is not worshiping my devotees, basically is cutting my body in pieces. So that's a strong way of putting it. <laughs> but the idea is the same. I mean, we don't want Krishna without bhakti. I mean, Prabhupada will say, if you love me, you love my dog. Basically, so Bhakti Thakur is praying in Saranagati. I'm the dog of the Vaishnava. So we have to love Frodo. <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> One of the conclusions. So for us, the point for us is the associates of Bhagavan are more important for us than Bhagavan because they personify a type of love that eventually will become the goal of our life. I mean, our goal—the goal of our life is, as we mentioned, which. That's a generic description. Love yeah. Krishna. Still generic. Uh, a specific type of love. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually we will reach to some very specific answer. No? Mm-hmm. We will feel, okay, the goal of my life is this particular portal. And there will be a corresponding person that will, in eternity, embody that type of love. As we mentioned, Nagatmika. So... Those personalities are for us more important than Krishna himself, actually. Our daily dynamics, even in, in the spiritual world, will be mostly involved with those agents, those personifications of love. Hmm? 
And all that will reach Krishna in the best possible ways, Sirada Govind and so on. So interestingly the Goswamis I mean with full humility, but one of their contributions was to give themselves to us as the personifications of love that we want to attain ultimately also. Of course they are not saying like that. It's not that Rupa Goswami is coming and saying I'm giving myself at the highest prospect for those who are attracted to Manjari Bhav, so here I am. <laughs> but at the same time, that's the conclusion. So that's one of their contributions. Again, themselves, they themselves are the contribution, all that they represent. So this is a very unique idea, again, that this is not generally found in any other place in the religious world. You know, this notion of something above God. <laughs> and the specifics of that, the personifications of love of God and how there is a whole discipline to imbi imbibe, you say, imbibe the particular mood of that particular personality and eventually find ourselves in our ultimate identity there. So again, <clears throat> we are not so much interested in Krishna, we are interested in Krishna Bhakti, in Krishna Prem. And uh, this Krishna Prem is so interesting, <laughs> not only for us, but for Mahaprabhu, for Krishna himself, this is interesting. That's an interesting thing. No? Love for Krishna is the goal uh, for us. That's our Prayojan, Prem Prayojan. <laughs> but for Krishna himself, he has his own Prayojan also. I mean, it's not that he doesn't have a Prayojan. From a different side, of course, he's not a conditioned soul that has to reach there or something. But nonetheless, there's a goal in life, there's an ideal that one is constantly after. So Mahaprabhu is that idea. Mahaprabhu is Krishna tasting, trying to attain love of God. So that's one one devotee say. Sometimes we are so much concerned trying to expand our Purusha Bhav and get as closer as we can to what must it feel being God. But God Himself is telling you. You understood everything wrong. No, I, I'm as Mahaprabhu. I'm trying to stop being God and being a devotee. I want to try Prakritiva. What does it feel to be on the Shakti side of the equation? And all of you Shakti people down there are so mad trying to be Purusha. I'm Purusha and it's not working, he said. <laughs> I'm Purusha Tam. What does people Purusha? But I would like to see what does it feel to be a Vaishnava. So that's an important lesson for us sadhakas to really value the opportunity of, of being a devotee instead of trying to to rule over whatever. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so in this Gaur Lila, Bhagavan himself, Krishna, becomes uh, how to say more conscious of himself. Krishna becomes more Krishna conscious as Mahaprabhu. That's why he's called Krishna Chaitanya. So Guru Maharaj will say, no, Krishna Chaitanya means Krishna Consciousness. Srila Prabhupada named his society inspired by this conception, Krishna Consciousness. So who is Krishna Consciousness? Who is the, the topmost epitome of Krishna Consciousness? That's Sri Radha. So Krishna himself wants to <clears throat> experience what she is experiencing, how she is seeing him. So is Krishna, Mahabharu is Krishna trying to be Krishna conscious mm -hmm. through the eyes, through the prayer, through the Bhava of Sri Radha. Mm -hmm. So, 
In this way, he's like highlighting the greatness of the devotees. Mm. How important is to to see Krishna himself, his obsession as Mahaprabhu, seeing himself through the eye of the devotee. That's that's one of the main, the three main desires that takes him to come. What is those things that Sri Radha is finding in me? As my Guru Maharaj will say, Krishna himself knows I'm special. There is something special about me, what to do. <laughs> but I cannot fathom the speciality. How do you say? By Shishta, by Shishta and myself. So, because I see that she, she rather seen in me something, but so that makes me conclude there is something in me. I'm something, I'm someone, but what is that? Um, I mean, she's experiencing such chamatkar. Hmm? Chamatkar, to say, it's the essence of the experience of rasa. Rasa sar chamatkar, to say, like chamatkar means like um, astonishment, right? In English, astonishment. To say the essence of the experience of Rasa is astonishment. So you can tell by that, and Srila Simaras will say many times that Rasa is the thermometer to measure what's highest or lower in the realm of ecstatic realm. The more Rasa, the highest the conception, if you will. And if there is Rasa, there has to be Chamatkar, astonishment. So in Mahaprabhu we find that. Krishna being totally astonished by Radhavav, wanting to taste that, and when tasting that, becoming much more astonished. Hmm? So, <clears throat> again, going back to the Goswami, sorry that I'm going too much to Mahaprabhu, but it's never too much. And again, going to the Goswami means going to Sri Chaitanya Dev. One is not separate from the other. So Mahaprabhu's experience, ecstatic character, like this famous Christian, uh, how is his name? John Moffat? No? no? Okay. John Moffat. <laughs> he mentioned that all these symptoms that we hear about, for example, from Christ, speaking about love of God, all the things that one is expected to experience if one is to be in love of God and so on, all the things and more are found like nobody else in the figure of Sri Chaitanya, he said. He, he personifies better than anyone else what Christ was speaking about, or something like this. So, the point is that Mahaprabhu's like, devotional character somehow sometimes eclipsed his teaching or his philosophy. Eclipsed in the sense that he was such, again, an ecstatic volcano. <laughs> sometimes he didn't need to say anything, basically, also, as we know, as we will share today also. And sometimes he just converted people by Mauna, Mauna Brata. How, how did he, how did he convert the greatest logician and pundit of whole India? Mauna Brata. Try to imagine. You are invited to a debate with the greatest intellectual of the time. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you have to defeat Jordan Peterson in seven days. And you just sit and do like Mauna Brata. And after one week he's rolling on the ground and crying. and <laughs> So that was Mahaprabhu's power, achar. No? His, his example was such that sometimes he didn't need to say too much because his tears spoke for himself, if you will, or something like that. <laughs> so his achar was such that sometimes prachar is not necessary. Like a friend of mine said the other day, you know, like if the word, if you take the word achar outside of prachar, achar means conduct, personal conduct, and prachar means 
sometimes we translate this preaching. Uh, so if you take the word achar from prachar, because one is included in the other, you only have P and R, which is personal, public relationships. <laughs> so that's an interesting idea. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> so the point is that the Goswamis, since Mahaprabhu, his own example somehow may have eclipsed his own teaching, the Goswamis made very clear which was the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Dev, what, what they received from him. They put this in, the, in their books very, very clearly. So, again, the Goswami spoke and wrote about more about the teachings of Sri Chaitanya than about Sri Chaitanya himself. But this is an important point also. I mean, if you write about the teachings of someone and you are really walking the talk, those teachings will just throw you to that someone. Even though if you don't say too much about the someone, the teachings in themselves come from that someone and point to that someone, basically. So they wrote in such a way that we may conclude about the necessity of, <coughs> of Gore, of Mahaprabhu in our lives. So here we are trying to, to increase our sense of necessity in connection to Sri Chaitanya Dev. And uh, today, in connection to all this, I would like to... Um, concentrate a little bit on, on Sri Gopal Bhatta Goswami with your permission because we are to speak about the contributions of each one of the six Goswamis as a group or as individuals and since today is the Tirubhav Mahotsav great celebration of his uh, <clears throat> passing away it's important to it's, it's classical in our tradition to share some words um, Especially on the disappearance day, that's especially celebrated among Gaudias. Srigupatra was singing also Janila, Premadana, and so on. These type of songs uh, point to the entrance through separation to the realm of union, basically. You know? We are to, to unite with these personalities again. They are like the example to follow in eternity, but how to reach them? Our tradition always points this idea of separation is the entry point. You have to advance feeling separation. And of course, this has to be understood. We are not promoting masochism and just cry and go to some drama school nearby and learn to cry for Krishna. When our acharya say learn to cry for Krishna, it doesn't mean become a good actor, but really cry for Krishna. <laughs> And this is not a joke, this is not something we can force. No? And, and cry doesn't necessarily mean some water will be rolling here. No? And then the, 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 the movement will be always first and foremost inside. Mm -hmm. So let's share some words of Chigupal Bhattu Goswami. <coughs> He's um, one of the, main, the first Goswamis that met Mahaprabhu. I would say the second one after uh, Das Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami. And there's not too much information about him in, in comparison with the other, almost the other. Well, the Raghunadas Bhatta Goswami is even more unknown, we will say. But <laughs> Kupal Bhat, the two Bhattas are the, how say, conspicuous by their absence or something. So it is said that Gopal Bhatta Goswami, he asked, for example, in, to Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, this is this. I don't know how much confirmed this is, but you, you practically do not find anything about him in Chaitanya and Charitamrita. And you find considerably much more on Raghunadas Goswami, Rupa, Sanatana. 
But it is said that Gopal Bhatta Goswami asked Krishna Das Kaviraj, do not mention me in, in your book, please. please. No? And Krishna Das Kaviraj went to ask for blessings to him, to say, I give you blessings, but we have to sign some contract here. <laughs> you have my blessings, but my blessings include, do not put my name there. I don't want to be there. I mean, it's not because he didn't like the book or something, but <laughs> I mean, we have to understand this. There are different ways that the Vaishnava will show humility, and we shouldn't conclude, okay, so if someone, so the ones who appeared were totally puffed up and they wanted to promote them, still no, nothing like that. So each one, from their own perspective of humility, were inspired to be there, not be there for whatever reason. So it is said that Sri Gopal Bhatta was born in South India in a Brahmin, very prestigious Brahmin family of priests, priests from the Sri Rangam temple of the Ramanuja Sri Sampradaya. <clears throat> he was the son of the famous Venkata Bhatta, who was the main pujari of the temple at the time. And he met Mahaprabhu when he was seven years old. You can imagine, that's interesting, samskar, seven years. I met Mahaprabhu. <laughs> he stayed at home for Chaturmasya. I didn't meet him like around the corner, but four months at home. <laughs> so uh, that was a very, very important moment for him, for sure. All his family was converted, basically, in one. I, I, it's not that much confirmed how much Binkatavata was converted. If he was converted to the same degree, like Prabodhananda Saraswati, who really. He really was converted, if you really <laughs> rather answers to the need and so on. So, <clears throat> it is said that Gopal Bhatta, before meeting Mahaprabhu in South India, he received darshan of Mahaprabhu in a dream. Mahaprabhu showed to him all his nowadays pastimes in a dream. So, when he awoke, he received Mahaprabhu at home, like a sannyasi already, outside of, of Navadri. And Gopal Bhatta's guru was his uncle, it is said, Prabodhananda Saraswati. And as we know, he witnessed a very um, intense presence of Mahaprabhu in his house, especially this famous interaction Mahaprabhu had with Vinkatavata in the context of converting him to one degree or another. You may know the story, but with your permission, I will repeat it one more time, because that's connected to one of the main contributions of the Goswamis, which is the Krishna conception above the notion of Narayan, which at that time was really prevalent. Along with Advaita Vedanta, you had this notion of Vishnu is God, and Krishna is but an avatar of Bhagavan Narayan. And so the Goswamis made this unique emphasis and contribution in, in, in another direction, and Mahaprabhu entered with this point while visiting Mankatabhat, and he asked him, okay, so you are Sri Vaishnava, Om Namo Narayanaya. So you know, Shastra mentions that Sri Mati Lakshmi, who is the very form of chastity, if there is a chaste lady well known around creation, that's Lakshmi. So she's well known for never leaving Narayan, even for a moment, always remaining at her feet, massaging him. But we have find a very unique uh, idea in Shastra, which means which mentions that Sri Lakshmi, at one point she wanted to join Krishna in Vasalila. So Mahaprabhu said, how is that possible? 
joking, like in a, in a jolly, jolly, you say? Mm -hmm. Like in a jolly mood he was like. And remember, he converted Sarvabhoma just by Mona Brata one week. Now it's the conversion of Venkata just by jolliness or whatever the word it is. No? So Lakshmi hmm? went to Krishna. How? I mean, that doesn't sound too chaste. No? And we know that Krishna for sure won't be waiting for Lakshmi alone. No? So she always has some harem of other ladies. So what happened with Lakshmi at this point? Where, where her chastity has gone? <laughs> like joking with Venkata about you know, pinching. Siddhantic pinching. <laughs> but then Katavata understood the point and he said, nope, there's no problem, there's no transgression in, in her chastity whatsoever because among Lakshmi, among Narayana and Krishna, no difference. In Tattva, in Tattva there are one. In metaphysical truth, we are speaking about the same person, but they represent a different emotional face, if you will. So, Lakshmi just went to Narayan in one of his avatars, Krishna. So, no problem. <laughs> and then Mahaprabhu went to, with the second question, which was kind of... The question in itself was overwhelming for Vinkatabhata. He said, so, so if, if it's the same person, there should be no problem. All facilities should be there. But it is said that Lakshmi never was able to join Krishna in the Rasa Lila. Till today, she's in Belvan, one of these twelve forests in Braj, trying to enter with no, what say, no avail, huh? to, to no, to no avail, to no avail. So at that point, Benkatabata was like saying, like only someone who makes such a question is the one who can reply to that question. He said, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> so then it's when Mahaprabhu established the. The, the uniqueness of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. I'm mentioning, of course, Srimati Lakshmi Devi was not able to join Krishna because, in the words of my Guru Maharaj, he nicely says, he says that Krishna saw Lakshmi executing deep, intense tapasya, and he asked Lakshmi, What are you doing, Lakshmi? I mean, imagine Lakshmi is like the royal lady par excellence. I mean, like silk, sari, bungles, golden bungles, precious gems. Aishwarya personified. I mean, she's the Aishwarya lady <laughs> among all. And she was in one, one forest under a tree in Vrindavan with one like old sar like cloth like the ones I have here <laughs> with holes and eating some roots from the forest and extreme severity and tapasya. She was like really thin. So, I mean, it's like seeing like the Queen of England entering into one island here in Finland and just like no? And he said, what, what are you doing here? And Lakshmi said, well, I want to enter Rasa Lila. But Krishna said, that's not the, the Abhideya. That's not the means for accessing such a, <laughs> such a stage. And then Lakshmi asked, well, which is the way? And Krishna said, my woman will say, well, she said, well, first of all, <laughs> you have to leave Narayana. Which is already enough for Lakshmi, too much. But that was only the beginning of the whole <coughs> method, no? Raganuga Bhakti. First, you leave your husband, Lakshmi, Pati, Narayan, and then you have to enter Braj and you have to marry one Gopa there. After first leaving Narayan in Vaikuntha. So, 
Krishna was pinching like <laughs> first sleep Narayan in Vaikuntha and marry one Gopa in Vrindavan and then you have to leave that second husband and come to me in Parakiya. <laughs> so at this point Lakshmi already collapsed on the floor. No? I was like, no, I cannot do that. No? She has an, an, an abhiman, no? a sense of being, an ego, if you will, in a good sense of the term, an identity. And it's okay for her to be attached to be Lakshmi. It's not a problem. It's an eternal sense of being. But the point is she was not ready to pay the price for threading the path of of Raga, Raga Bhajan, which implies following the footsteps of the Vrajabhasis and leaving everything behind, family included, husband included, social considerations included, that's the ultimate meaning of that verse in the Gita. Transgress everything, come to me in Braj, we should say. The flute call, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta will say. This verse of the famous verse of the Gita is the flute call of Krishna. So when the flute <coughs> sounds, no more considerations about anything else. Sometimes it is say, but the gopis hear the flute, and, 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 and when they run after the flute, how, how, how did they manage to... I mean, why... I mean, Krishna was telling them, eventually, you know, in the Rasa Lila, you should go back home, it's too late. Young ladies, you are too many, I'm just one boy here. What people will think of me? Huh? That, that, this doesn't seem like a too much dharmic stage, so you should go back. Of course, the Sanskrit lends itself to be interpreted in that section as Krishna is saying exactly the opposite at the same time. There's nothing else you have to do apart from being here with me, and <laughs> so so the commentators say, well, the gopis at this point, Krishna saying, go back to your homes, but the gopis were in total self-forgetfulness. So they were not even aware of themselves. What to speak, being aware of, they have homes, and the address, and boiling milk in the stove, and baby, crying baby, and husband. And they were all forgot, forgotten of themselves. So what to speak of all the other extensions of, of ego, basically. <laughs> So in this way, this going back to the to the past, and when Mahaprabhu kind of makes Benkata about the collapse, he establishes this notion of Krishna as being above Narayana, which is a very Gaudiya idea, no? and we have to be, of course, very mature in dealing with that. And if you meet a Sri Vaishnava, please do not try to convince him and ask the same question. Well, actually, you say it's in the Shastra, she wanted to <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to honor at, at the same time. Mahaprabhu himself honored different bhavas when he met them. It's not that he was converting each and every person to go the Vedanta. No? So, so this is a very important contribution of the Goswamis. Mahaprabhu is doing this now, but the Goswamis will systematize this idea of Krishna, above Narayan. For example, Rupa Goswami, his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he will mention different qualities that you find in all living beings, which are like 50, 50 if I'm not mistaken, 55. There are some others that are only found in certain great personalities, like Shiva and so on. There are some others that you find only in Narayana. And there are some others that you won't find even in Narayana, which again is like 
for the theological world of the time was like, what? Hmm? Narayan is missing something? <laughs> he was say there are four Madhurias that are not there in Narayan. Lila Madhurya, Venu Madhurya, Rupa Madhurya, and Prema Madhurya. Hmm. Only pertain to Krishna and Braj. He's surrounded by a unique, sweet type of love, associates, form, and flute. Hmm. With all respect to Narayan, but he doesn't have a flute. <laughs> mm-hmm. so there is some added features there that Rupa Goswami is trying to establish there mm-hmm. so there is a particular focus basically what, what we are saying here that the Goswamis is, are, are, are making in their, in their, in their scripture you know? for example when you take a picture sometimes you take a picture of a forest but the forest is mostly there to give context but the, the focus of the picture maybe, maybe is in one flower in the whole forest. So the focus is the flower, but the whole forest is, is, is also necessary for that. Hmm? So in the same way, Sampradaya means that. Sampradaya is a school of thought that is in a healthy way obsessed in a particular direction, a particular flower in the forest of uh, theological possibilities, if you will. <laughs> no? Let's pick this one flower. <laughs> Or there's a place for more than one flower, of course, not only one, but there's a particular section of the garden we are interested in. And, and the whole rest of the forest is putting a flower in context. I mean, we are not, as we always say, a text without a context becomes a pretext. So context is, is crucial, always and always and always again. But this Sampradaya, this Parampara, a particular flower, a particular portal, that is inviting us into a particular entrance and level of penetration into transcendence and find ourselves there for eternity. So again, Goswamis are totally instrumental for this in, in our lives. So going back for a minute to Gopal Bhatta Goswami and his story, some, some more little ideas. After visiting for four months, you remember, I mean, Gopal Bhatta was seven years, seven years that he wanted to just run with Mahaprabhu. That was the standard. Sannyasi came and he didn't ask Gopal Bhatta as a donation in this case. Sometimes that happened, you know, when Chaturmasa comes and Sannyasis are staying in one place for four months. Maybe they send the kids somewhere else because maybe in four months the Sannyasi was like, oh, this kid is nice. You can take him for the rest of forever with me. <laughs> <laughs> so in the case of Gopal Bhatta, Mahaprabhu said, no, you better stay with your parents. They are relatively old. So accompany them, serve them, their Vaishnavs. Not only your parents, their Vaishnavs. <clears throat> and whenever they pass away, you can join me. And in the context of all this, of course, we know <clears throat> he also was sent to the Gandaki River in Nepal to Mahaprabhu himself recommend to go there and find Shalagram. Shalagram seal is there and so on. So this is a long story with Shalagram and what happened there. But in the, in the, in the midst of that, <clears throat> eventually the, fa- the parents of Gopal Bhatta pass away. And he, <clears throat> sorry, and he joins Rupa and Sanatan Goswami in Vrindavan. I need to say that when he's in Vrindavan, when Rupa and Sanatan Mahaprabhu is sending to Gopal Bhatta his, <clears throat> his asana and his uh, what say? loincloth, his coping. So generally, 
the symbol of this is the asana means is to be taken as Gopal Bhatta Goswami is pointed by Mahaprabhu as the, the official or main Diksha Guru among the Goswamis. And, and in this moment we start to see how each Goswami is specialized in one direction or another. For example, not all of them accept the disciples. I mean, almost none of them accept the disciples, basically. Exception, with the exception of Kupal Bhatta. So, Kupal Bhatta Goswami was the Diksha Guru among the Goswamis. And interestingly, Mahaprabhu chose him. Of course, he was totally qualified, but we could say all of the other Goswamis were totally qualified for, for that also. It's not that he was more qualified. Sometimes it's relative considerations are behind certain decisions like this. Sometimes we may think only the one who is more qualified will be the Guru. And there is some truth to that, of course. I'm not saying just let anyone initiate people. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> but sometimes among totally qualified people like the Goswamis, one of them will be picked as the Guru, as the Diksha Guru, but mostly because of a relative consideration in this case. In the service of the absolute consideration. And which was the relative consideration? Birth. <clears throat> Gopal Bhatta Goswami was born as a Karnatak Brahman. Karnatak? Brilpa? Okay, South Indian Brahman. So really prestigious background, Sri Sampradaya, and very socially speaking, like really impressive background. So, and at that time, Guru ideally is to be a Brahmin and certain social uh, sensibilities were there. So, Mahaprabhu considered better Gopal Bhatta Goswami. He's a Guru. He has a good background. I mean, all the other ones are exceptionally qualified, but some of them were not born as Brahmins. Some of them, socially speaking, lose their Brahminhood by associating with Muslims like Rupa and Sanatha by working in the Muslim government and so on. So again, it's a relative consideration. It's about what the society thinks at the time, but all these relative details are also important when establishing a Sampradaya. Remember, all this has to do with the establishment of the Sampradaya. Still, the Gaudiya Sampradaya was not, how to say, officially the Gaudiya Sampradaya as such. It was just in the process of, of gestation period, if you will. No? So the books are being written, the Guru is being established. So lots of considerations and there are many of them maybe just barn ashram like considerations. For us it may be difficult to conceive because we have we are not born in a barn ashram society. So we, it's difficult to, to imagine how much ingrained that still is, as we were speaking the other day with Brigo, but what to speak five hundred years back. So that was really interesting consideration why Gopal Bhatta was chose for this. And of course he wrote some books, although mostly some commentaries, no, for Bilba Mangala, Thakur's Krishna Kannamrita. Um which other commentary? Yeah, but there was another one. Um, Apart from Krishna Karnamrita. It's that one. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And then one book about Time for rituals, Kala Kaumari. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's Prigupat's opinion of Sat Kriya Saradipika? Uh, not decided. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the, the, the one that Bhaktivinoda published. Uh, yeah. 
<clears throat> at least it has some additions. Mm -hmm. For example, how to make oblations. Gopala Bhatta Yasaha. So probably Gopala Bhatta wouldn't write in his book that offered to me. So Especially I'm, him, yeah. who is totally <laughs> anonymous everywhere. Uh -huh. Also to Mayapur, Mayapur Yoga Pilka. Mm -hmm. mm. But uh, I haven't looked at any old manuscripts, so maybe. Maybe it's just some parts are added mm. and the, mm. the rest is, is old. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yet to be determined. Okay. And also some yet to be determined notion is in connection with... But most probably that's the overall conclusion that he wrote, that initial notes on which Srila Jiva Goswami based for developing his Sandharvas, which was also important contribution. And again, as we will see these days, most probably... Sometimes some of them, burn, some other Goswamis are not officially included in the books of the others, but we have this notion that they were really writing a lot together also, so exchanging ideas and thoughts. So it's a point that you cannot really draw a line. This was only written by Sanatana Goswami. There's no influence of the other ones. So that's a very interesting peer review that they have among themselves no? in, the, in the writing of, of the books. And of course, if there is something that Gopal Bhatta Goswami is well known for, is his famous deity uh, Sishirada Raman. I won't tell I won't tell the the story in detail. We were, recently we were celebrating that the day after Narsim Chaturdasi, But how I mean, it's special because it came as a self-manifest deity from one of his from his Damodar Shila, manifested in this way. When interestingly, North Carolina, we spoke about that. No? Uh, Gopal Bhatta was meditating on how Nurshimhadeva appeared from a stone pillar because of Pralat's Bhakti. So Gopal Bhatta was saying, well, you appear, Bhagavan, from the stone because of the Bhakti of Pralat. I have here these 12 stones. Why do you want to appear to me as well? I want, because he had the desire of worshipping Bhagavan with form, if you will. No? Particularly, he wanted to worship Shishirada Govinda Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu himself told him, I will give you my darshan one more time. And at this time, Mahaprabhu already passed away from the world. So Gopal Bhatta was afflicted, thinking, I didn't have the darshan, finally. So as we know, he lamented and was absorbed in Prahlad's bhakti. And the result of his absorption in Prahlad's shanta bhakti <laughs> was the manifestation of Radha Raman <laughs> in the context of his Manjari Baba in his inner world. So, yeah. Was this, is this a story started with the offering from the king or it is, is Well, sometimes there is this, this. I have heard different varieties of the stories, and one of them is that he received some clothes from mm. the king to for dressing the deities, but it's clothes with for human form deities, if you will. So. But sometimes I heard other versions without that part, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's acceptable masala to add to the story, no problem. <laughs> like he really wanted to worship Bhagavan in Nara form, human-like form, and he had the shalagrams. And, and one of these shalagrams, again, the end result is one of the twelve. He woke up one day and on the basket he was carrying them, he saw... Radha Ramanji there, which is Radha, Krishna combined, that means Mahaprabhu. And I will say the mo almost the main deity in Vrindavan for Gaudis, we could say. Mm -hmm. Self-manifest, never left Vrindavan. Mm -hmm. 
and so many other things. <laughs> so this Gopal Bhatta Goswami, he's also considering his Siddha form as in, in Raj, sometimes described as Guna Manjari, but also interestingly he's connected with Ananga Manjari, who is Shirada's younger sister. And of course it's also the Shakti expression of Sri Balaram, who Balaram is the source of Guru Tattva, and Gopal Bhatta is the main guru of the Goswami, so some connection could be made also there in that, in that sense. So some ideas we want to share today regarding the Goswamis in general, a little bit introductory, but then Sri Gopal Bhatta and his Tirubhap Mahotsa. So we have some few minutes, I won't extend that much, but I don't know if anyone has some question or some comment, something you would like to wow. to ask or to share. You were uh, talking about the etymology of uh, Gauriya rooted to Gur. Mm. Uh, I also heard this mention that, I don't know if this is like an etymological or just like a Rasik yeah. uh, explanation that it is uh, also rooted in, the, in Gauri, because as Gaurias we put emphasis <coughs> on Gauri or Radharani in this case of Mm-hmm. Shri Krishna, so I don't know if that's like a, is it just like that's like a Rasic explanation or if there's some etymology also there? Here we have the Bengali expert on Sanskrit with us, but I will feel this more like a, a Rasic one. And I will say that the other one that I mentioned is also a Rasic one. Yeah, <laughs> neither is really uh-huh, uh-huh. very accurate, but especially this one with Gauri, because it's a different letter, it's Gauriya. And the other one is Gauriya. It's, it's, sounds a little bit similar, but it's actually two different letters. Yeah, the two are Rasic mm-hmm. interpretations, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Something else? I'm intrigued what he's reading. <laughs> <laughs> Now comes the second lecture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Srila Gopal Bhatta Goswami Tirubhav Mahotsav Ki Jai Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Shri Arinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Shriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Shri Rupa Sanatam Bhatta Raghunath Sri Jiva Gopal Bhatta Raghunath Sri Raghunath Goswami Prabhu Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Praman Gaur